There is a way, and that way is forward together. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is John, and it's good to see you guys. It's a new week today. It's episode 22. That's right. It's episode 22. And what we do on Mondays is we call it More Monday. Perhaps this is the first time you're checking out uh, the show. Maybe you're watching it live at, on Facebook or at weirdmission.online. Perhaps uh, you're checking it out on YouTube or you're, you're at the gym. You're working out. You're listening to it through the podcast. However, you are uh, consuming the content. I'm just glad that you are. And uh, three times a week, we, we talk about a few different things. So uh, Wednesday is all about your well-being. Uh, I have a Christian therapist on the show with me each week. Friday is all about the, the why of our church. We call it Friday Why Day. But Mondays is called More Monday. And we call it More Monday because there's generally a lot more that I want to talk about uh, on Sunday that I just don't have time to talk about. So we get to talk a little bit uh, more about that. So what we've been doing is... Um, for the past number of weeks, we've been walking through the, the book of Philippians. So an amazing New Testament uh, letter. It's, it's one of the prison epistles. Uh, epistle simply means letter. So one of the prison letters, prison because it was written by the Apostle Paul while he was in a jail cell, uh, hence prison letter. Letter because when you're on the inside, you communicate to those on the outside by writing a letter. And uh, the Apostle Paul wrote a bunch of letters. One of those is this short four chapter. Uh, we turned them into chapters later. Uh, originally, it was just one letter, uh, but this four uh, short four chapter letter to the church at Philippi. And this church at Philippi, they, I, I feel like in many ways, they, to the Apostle Paul, it's kind of like mission church to me. And, you know, Paul was there and helped start the church along with some other amazing leaders, men and women leaders. And, you know, the church at Philippi had a really special place in the heart of Paul. And it's how I feel, you know, about, about you guys, uh, a whole bunch of you that watch this are part of mission. And, um, there's just a very, very special place that, that you guys have within my heart. And so, uh, I think it's important to bring that up because as you read through the book of Philippians, it's written, um, you know, certainly inspired by God. So God is the chief editor of the Bible, uh, and he chose to write it through human beings. And so God is inspiring the word, all scriptures, God breathed, uh, it's from, from God. And so, but it's through written through people. And this is written through the apostle Paul. It's important to know the backdrop of Philippians is one of love. It's, uh, it's one of love. Paul loved these people that he wrote this to. Uh, he had deep concern, uh, like this kind of almost fatherly or motherly like concern, this kind of paternal love and care for these men and women in, in this church of Philippi. The backdrop of Philippians is, is love. And uh, there's so many amazing verses from Philippians, but uh, the one I, I didn't get into um, yesterday on Sunday is the one I want to talk about. It's from uh, chapter four. So chapter four, uh, man, such an incredible chapter as, as Paul finishes up Philippians, but, but here it is rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. So I definitely did talk about that one yesterday. Um, if you missed yesterday's teaching, um, I've already heard from a lot of you that it was really helpful. Um, 
And then he, he says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then he says this, and what I'm about to read is uh, in 2019, it was the single most highlighted verse in all of the Bible, according to you version. And I, when I read it, I think you'll know why it was the number one highlighted verse. Paul writes this, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. I want to talk for a little bit today on more Monday about anxiety. Uh, this word anxious in the Greek is uh, marina is how you pronounce it. Uh, not like a boat marina, um, but this, this word in the Greek marina anxious. It means, let me read this to you. It means to have a divided mind. It's, it's to have this mind that is divided, um, but not like in two parts. It actually means to have a mind divided in a hundred directions, right? And some of you, if you've ever struggled with anxiety, uh, you know that, yeah, that's kind of like what it is. It's like the train has left the station. You cannot get control of your thoughts. And, and what God is saying through Paul to these folks that he loved is, listen, do not have this kind of perpetual state of anxiety. That, that is not how sons and daughters of God live. We, we do not live in a perpetual state of anxiety. It doesn't mean that you're never going to deal with anxiety. No, we are because we're humans. But God is saying, don't, don't live in a perpetual state of anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything. This is really important. And as I am talking today about anxiety, uh, I just would love, you know, here at the end, if perhaps you would share this with a friend of yours. Anxiety is the number one mental health issue among men and women in the United States. It was before COVID, and it's only gotten much, much worse post-COVID. Uh, some of you guys have looked into some of the research and stats on mental health and suicide and so many other things. Uh, it's only gone up and to the right, uh, given everything that's going on, mainly of which because of what causes anxiety to grow, that is control. Control. And um, I think this is probably why one of the many reasons so many of us can struggle with anxiety is because we don't like to be sheep. We like to be shepherds. <laughs> And it doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a person, right? Uh, we like to be shepherds. We like to have control and we like to be in control, not necessarily be the leader. Those aren't the same things, but we like to be in control. We like to have control over our day. We like to have control over what we eat. We like to have control over outcomes. We like control and in varying degrees, all of us are control freaks in varying degrees. So some of you are like, yeah, I dabble a little bit with that. Others, you're like, whoa, yeah, control is a huge deal. And so control, you try to control employees, you try to control children, uh, you try to control a spouse, you try to control roommates. Um, we try to control the, the stock market. We try to control everything. And it's kind of this interesting thing, right? Because you and I both know that ultimately we don't have control, yet we still try to control things. Uh, I do it and so do you. And what's so timely, I think, for us walking through Philippians is because of the escalation of anxiety, there's actually profound, profound help that we can get from God's word. And so Paul is saying, hey, um, do not be anxious. Like we're not going to live in a perpetual state of anxiety now. Uh, some anxiety is actually helpful. It's what will keep you alive if you're crossing a busy street. So some anxiety, meaning like it's an alert that goes off in your system to say, hey, danger is uh, is around you. 
um, don't cross the street. You're going to get hit by a car. So some, some anxiety is actually helpful. It keeps you alive or your kids alive. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is living in a prison of anxiety. And Max Licato in his book, Anxious for Nothing, he talks about how anxiety, um, in many ways, it's, it's, it's not optional. We're going to deal with some level of anxiety. But he says living in a prison of anxiety. Now, that's a different story. That's a different story. And uh, for me, I think it's important to say out loud, mainly because I'm a pastor, I want you to understand that you know, anxiety can, can kind of come in a lot of different forms. It can be physiological, it can be emotional, it can be situational, uh, it can be spiritual. And so uh, it's, it's actually multifaceted. It's actually pretty complex. And I want you to know that one of the ways we combat anxiety is by really understanding and applying God's word. So yesterday, the sermon I, uh, I gave, you, some of you need to watch it every day, not because I'm a you know, great preacher or anything, but because of the content and applying that content, um, like it's just really, really important. So the word of God is so helpful. I want you to also know that there's other tools out there that can be incredibly helpful for some. It's to actually see a Christian therapist to help you work through some of this, to give you some strategies on how to deal with uh, with anxiety. That's why I devote an entire show every Wednesday to hearing from a Christian therapist. That's been helpful for a lot of you guys. It could, it could at times require medicine. It could re require uh, repentance. Um, it could require you asking and talking to some of your closest friends and saying, Hey, I need help with this. I'm actually struggling with this. Um, anxiety. I think as we begin to think about it is it's important to understand a little bit of how uh, fear and anxiety are, are different. Um, one of the ways I like to think of it like this, uh, Max Lucado writes, anxiety and fear are cousins, but not twins. Isn't that good? They're cousins, but not twins. Here's why. Fear sees a threat. Anxiety imagines one. So, so many uh, folks struggle with fear and anxiety. Uh, fear, what that does is it sees a threat. I like to think of that as imagining when I'm out in the woods and I like to go out in the woods, <clears throat> but Let's just say when I'm up in Canada on my annual trip in Ontario, uh, uh, I actually can be afraid because uh, there's times where I have literally seen a bear. Yeah, so so that's that's a threat, and I saw it with my own eyes. That's called fear. So fear sees a threat. Anxiety is different, though. Anxiety imagines one. Anxiety is when, like at 2 in the morning, uh, when I'm camping in the middle of nowhere and I have to go to the bathroom, anxiety is when I imagine Oh my gosh, like there's going to be a bear coming out of the, you know, coming out of the woods. So that, that's anxiety. It's, it, it imagines one, the way you can think about it is this fear is like, whoa, right? So fear, whoa, uh, you see this threat coming. Um, anxiety though, is more, what if, what if uh, I said this in the message yesterday, if you just want your anxiety to escalate and increase, just add a whole bunch of what ifs, for example, what if this headache doesn't go away? What if I don't appear successful? What if uh, my kid's stomachache is more serious than just a stomachache? What if this lump is not just a lump? Uh, what if the boss wants to meet with me because he doesn't want to just catch up? Maybe he wants to fire me. What if I let the shareholders down? What if I let the board down? What if I let our staff down? What if I don't get into that school? What, what if I miss God's will for my life? What if she's the one? What if she's not the one? What, what if I don't know if she is the one or, or isn't the one and I miss it? What if this doesn't get better? What if no one shows up? Um, I, I 
can deal with a lot of what ifs. Uh, for years, I've dealt with what if I get on stage and I lock up and I don't remember anything I've studied and I just stand there on stage in front of all these people and I don't know what to say. I've had recurring nightmares about that. And a lot of that's born out of this what if thing. And, and so for me, so much of the antidote for my anxiety when I feel it, it's to really ask the question, where am I positioned? Where am I positioned? Uh, today, I think that's probably the question that could be most helpful. Where am I positioned? And when I'm feeling anxious, the reality is in that moment, I am positioned outside the pillars. If you saw yesterday's sermon, and I, I need to correct my positioning, I need to get inside the pillars. Paul starts before he says, be anxious about nothing. He says, rejoice in the Lord, right? Rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again. Rejoice, right? The Lord is near. Like a gentleness, be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Where are you positioning yourself these days? And uh, this doesn't mean that your anxiety is going to go away, never to return. It could mean that. But every single day, perhaps even every hour of the day, for some that really, really, really struggle with anxiety, it might be every minute or every 10 minutes of the day, you need to ask that question, where am I positioning myself? Where am I positioning myself? Am I rejoicing in the Lord? This is so important for us. And as I rejoice in the Lord, you know, when I think about, oh man, I'm just going to rejoice in, in the grace of God and the greatness of God. Oh, the grace of God. He is so good. He has been so good to me. He's forgiven me. He's saved me, but also in the greatness of God. I mean, God is powerful. God is in control, which means I don't have to be. I don't need to try to control these relationships. I don't need to try, try to control the future of my children. I don't need to try to control everyone's opinion of me. No, no, no. God, you are great. God, you are sovereign. God, you are in control. When I'm in between the pillars of God's grace, right? Of God's greatness, his track record, his timing, his presence, and certainly his purposes, man, that is, a, it's amazing what that does to all the what ifs. It changes my what ifs to, oh God, you are so good. God, you are so great. It, it flips it, it changes. And in that moment, I begin to live in a place of peace. I begin to experience peace. Uh, I want to finish up with making sure I'm clear on this. Some of you have heard pastors talk about anxiety before. Uh, I'm definitely not an expert on anxiety. I know enough to be dangerous. Uh, but I need you to know anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal. It's not a sin. And so those of you that are feeling sh like so much shame, around your anxiety, let me just tell you, that is not from God. That's not what God does. Um, if you're feeling that kind of condemnation, that, that's not what God does. So anxiety, it's not, a, it's not a sin. It's more of a signal letting me know that I'm mispositioned. I'm out of position. My position as a child of God is to be in the Lord, to rejoice actively, deliberately, intentionally, ongoing, to rejoice in the Lord. And it's just amazing what, what happens in my life. So that is the culmination of today. I wanted to talk a little bit more about anxiety. Uh, you could read the book as um, kind of a next step, Anxious for Nothing by Max Licato. He's a wonderful man, uh, great writer, and it's a really good book. He walks through an acronym, uh, through the acronym of CALM. 
but I hope today was helpful for you. If you would, hey, it'd be great if you guys would share this. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, uh, if you could rate this, that'll help us get the word out as well. Uh, that's all we have for today. We'll see you on Wednesday morning for Wellbeing Wednesday. Love you guys. See you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to access the show notes, visit johnpeacock.com. Until next time, keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping.